thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You've tuned to the guard frequency because, as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 284 of the Best Damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, November 15th, and made available for download on Tuesday, November 19th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Ken Shadow. And I'm Tony. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Tony Webb Intertubes. Right, Jeff? That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday night, you should come over and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv forward slash Guard Freak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we can get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on that big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Jeff? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from simulated space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, Fallen Jedi, and Google Stadia. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDonald on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, still flying fake rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, trigger screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of Space Sims. Star Citizen Alpha 3.7.2 is available on the PTU. For all backers, more prep for Citizen Con and Chris Roberts comes out of the Bat Cave. Long enough to give us an interview. Frontier Developments confirmed, in a roundabout way, that the new Elite experience is going to coincide with a major data code-based refactorization streamlinering. That's what you say to investors when you mean a year worth of bug fixes. And I love being wrong two weeks in a row, this time about Descent Underground, with Wingman posting on Discord that, perhaps, not all is lost. And Jeff has played Fallen Jedi, and those scamps at Google Stadia are going door-to-door with personal deliveries now. So, uh, yeah, uh, we had a, had some... One of, the great thing, one of the great things about the guard frequency, in my view, is our 
marvelous and fantastic Discord server, which I uh, I, I enjoy thoroughly from time to time throughout marvelous the week. And, and uh, other Guard Frequency uh, uh, staff and listeners, I think, also enjoy it. Some are uh, annoyed by it because there are uh, 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 some some rather rather uh, uh, serious discussions about a variety of topics that, that cause consternation, but it's active and it's interesting. One of the things that came to our attention was an uh, Ask Me Anything on the Reddits by the Google Stadia team, which turned into apparently a little bit of a train wreck. We, we've covered it a couple times. We've covered Google Stadia where with its, its lofty uh, announcement uh, convention basically uh, at E3 I think it was they had the they had the main hallway with the 100 foot tall screen behind people with all the graphics and stuff promising the world and uh, generating more questions and answers in a lot of ways and then they have, have, have sort of ramped down the visibility of subsequent announcements right so like the next one was an interview with a, a magazine and the next one was uh, sort of a one on one on a vlog, uh, a video log from Adam Savage's uh, 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 group, and now they're down to ask me anything's on Reddit. So basically, as time has gone on, they've sort of narrowed down the visibility of their product announcement, and I think, as a correlation, perhaps causation the news kind of gets worse. <laughs> the promises kind of get retracted as we go along. Someone could plot this on a graph for us and, and see if there's a strong correlation which might rise the level of, of perhaps causation. Uh, but lately, uh, so among the things that they have decided uh, or are announcing that uh, is not going to be in at launch uh, is Family Link. So if you'd like to share a game with uh, people in your family, like I do currently with uh, ebooks and movies with uh, with you know, my my household, uh, you can't do that with Google Stadia. You just go ahead and buy a second copy of the game for your kid if you and your kid want to play. Just, just go ahead and do that. Just go ahead and buy a second copy. That's that that went over well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there there won't the achievement system isn't going to be in at launch, but but don't worry. It'll keep track of the achievements at the in the background. So, good news: one of these days in a month or two, where they get it working, you'll sit through five minutes of achievements unlocked. I mean, and what's better? It feels that sounds fulfilling. That I feel like I feel like that would be an excellent gaming experience. Waiting through all the achievements to ding through while you're trying to boot up something. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, so, so there's that. Uh, then you've got um, uh, the fact that. The Chromecast that people have now, I guess it's the Chromecast Ultra, is not going to support Stadia at launch. You have to have the new Founders Edition Stadia Chromecast model in order to Chromecast. So that's not sitting well with folk. Uh, so it's, it, it, I can see why they did not rent out a convention hall and put up a PowerPoint 100 feet tall behind them to, to announce. I could. I can, I can, I think, I think I see the marketing reasoning behind this. So, did they address negative latency at all in the AMA? Uh, no, I don't believe so. That was not highlighted by the article that I read. I didn't read the whole article itself. I just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm lazy, and so I let our listeners and friends in our Discord point me to things, mm. and then I read the things they point me to. 
which is very helpful and saves me lots of time. Uh, so uh, I, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, so if you're interested, uh, we'll put a link in our show notes to the article, which then we'll link to the Reddit, Reddit AMA. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's. I think the the graph would be interesting. I'm pretty sure that's co- correlation, strong correlation, rising perhaps to uh, a conclusion of causation. Mm. Mm. Okay, so with the uh, marvelous enthusiasm enthusiasm I got as a response to that, we'll just move on. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, but we did hear from Wingman. Next up. Uh, Shiv posted a Discord. Eric uh, Wingman chat. Peterson. Eric Wingman Peterson of I'm going to call it Descent Underground from now until forever. It will always mm. be Descent Underground in my heart. It will always be the ships that fight underground to me. Either way, uh, the, uh, the 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 underground needs to be in there some way. That that, that underdog, uh, you know, resistance. Mm. I, it, that word underground, I think, I think carries some weight that needs to be there. It does. Uh, so. We did get a, 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 a post from Eric that said, uh, with the game so close, I can't imagine it never seeing the light of day. And with the contract still with the lawyers, well, there's no way it's going to be out this year. Just not enough time to ramp up the marketing. Uh, so he thinks it's still going to happen. It's still with the lawyers, which means that some sort of progress is being made. You don't continue to pay your lawyer if it's a lost cause. You just tell him, forget it and then you either take people to court or you drop the thing uh so if it looks like there's a negotiated uh resolution then they're gonna fall they're gonna pursue that uh and looks like it's going to be uh, he goes on to say that he's not sure if they're gonna uh, try to get it out next year or wait for it to be a launch title for xbox one two i i don't what are they calling that thing xbox one two uh, i have no i idea. think they sh- i think they should call it xbox one two uh, I think that that's definitely what the what the uh, uh, name of it should be, or the or the PS5. Um, uh, and he says that makes a lot of sense, and I think that's right. You get you get some buzz about being a launch title for the new console, so they might they might wait to do that. Um, but uh, he also says that they still want to do public uh, publicly controlled servers, but that'll be up to the publisher, and uh, that he's hoping that this renegotiation. Well, he didn't actually call it that, but I'm going to call it that in quotation marks. This renegotiation hopefully will will bear fruit, uh, and they'll actually be able to release the game at some point. Right. So it's it's not it's not as dead as I thought it was, uh, and I'm glad he came out and said this. I mean, it, it's a bunch of completed code kind of just sitting there at this point. So it may. It, I mean, it's, I think his point is is that it is an asset. Eventually, people are going to say, "All right, let's just leverage this," <laughs> you know. And it's just a matter of negotiating which pies get how the pie gets cut. Yet, to some extent, yes, that is true. But the the problem is that it costs money in the form of uh, lawyers and and other you know just administrative time and expense to divide that pie, and the cost of dividing that pie goes into consuming that pie. So at some point, the cost of dividing the pie may, in fact, actually consume the entire pie, uh, at which yeah. point it becomes dead and it, it will never see the light of day. So uh, what I'm what I'm what I'm seeing from this now, and Eric addresses it a little bit in his Discord too, is that for for his team, they ran it on a shoestring. People did it as a passion project. So it for them for the for the Descent team, it doesn't need to be a gangbusters humongous hit for them to make some money off the deal, which is good for them. 
unfortunately for the the publisher doesn't look at it that way. They're not looking to break even or you know make a little money off their passion 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 project. They're wanting a you know big hit title that's going to blow the doors off people and make them a million bucks. So that tension still exists, and combine that with the fact that figuring out how to divide the pie actually does in fact consume a piece of that pie. Uh, Hopefully that math works out, uh, and the, the the entire thing doesn't get rolled up in in legal fees and administrative expenses. So, hey, back from the dead, ish, ish, mostly. He's only mostly dead. Mostly dead <laughs> is slightly alive. We're gonna go through his pockets, look for loose change, uh, but we'll see what happens. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that still, and uh, hopefully we'll see some good news there. Well, I've talked for almost ten minutes straight, so to give my vocal cords a rest, I have to ask Jeff. How was Fallen Jedi? Ah, oh, Fallen Jedi. Well, it, you know, it was with some anticipation that uh, I, I waited this game. But, you know, after playing 8, 10, 12, 14 hours of it, <laughs> um, it it's good. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a visually stunning game, like, like all games are these days. But I thought it would be a little bit more combative. Um it's more puzzle solving and journeying than it is really combative, if 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 that makes any sense. You're saying it is the mist of Star Wars games? Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, this this takes me the whole premise of Star Wars and you know George Lucas's vision and the canon created by it versus you know the stories that we have now and what people seem to take as the star Wars universe. And, you know, so this happens, uh, years after, I guess the, the whole rise of Skywalker, maybe, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie yet, so I can't tell you, but it's not out yet. I I know. That's what I'm saying. I I can't, I haven't seen it yet. So, so, so you, you think this, the timeline is after rise of Skywalker? Yeah. It's the fall of the empire. I mean, really it's, it's, uh, is it the fall of the empire or the fall of the first order? No, well, it's it's, I I guess it's the fall of the empire and the first order is not as I mean we still have stormtroopers, but uh, uh, the 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 first antagonist you run up against looks very looks very first orderish, um, you know in the in the opening. Uh, getting acquainted, uh, you know, this is your game kind of sequence that you that's scripted and and you really you know uh, get through. So how do you know it's not between six and seven? Because I think that um, just by the dirty grittiness and and fringe element of it, I guess. Here's I mean here's a problem with narrative right there. Then if if it's hard for a old school Star Wars fan to tell where he's at, they're not being a real, real clear about uh, what's going on here. I'm, I'm I'm doing the Googles on it right now, and it tells me that uh, he is a survivor of Order sixty six from Revenge of the Sith. So this is going to be between yeah. three and four. Right. But I, I th- that's a, I mean if, if I mean Jeff's one of the original Star Wars fans, and if he's having trouble putting himself in the timeline. That's a that's a narrative problem well, right there. So it's, know, a, it's, it's, it's a puzzle a problem, game. It's more of a problem of the Star Wars timeline itself because that's true too. The Fallen Order is the Empire, pretty much. Yeah, not a lot of yeah. space between. Yeah. It. yeah, you're right. 
because uh, it, it's just uh, you know one per one you know the creator versus the supposed visionaries version of Star Wars. I mean you know they get they get kind of I mean we could debate for hours about uh, about where it's going to end up and now that Disney's got a hold of it, it it's going to be uh, mousified so you know. <laughs> Yeah, it did. Yeah, it's on its way. Yeah. It's on its way. Well, no, Ken Shadow knows he was. He went to. He went to Disney World and played I in the did. bar. I bought expensive lightsabers. Nice. What, 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 so what was the wait? There was that. What was that? That that Star Wars game they had with the um, Star Killer. Um, oh, uh, Unleashed, right? Yeah, yeah, Force yeah. Unleashed. I loved those games. Uh, is that? But it I sounds like I played the first one. Yeah, that was, that was. Those were all like fighty games, right? They're not really. It was fun on the Wii. Um, but they were. They're in the same timeline. Is what you're talking about, Jeff. So, uh, but he, he was uh, obviously a, a dark side apprentice. Yeah, that, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like Battlefronts all that well either. And um, I, I mean, really, Star Wars Galaxies for me was the epitome of Star Wars gaming. So, you know, and Jump to Lightspeed and all those. Those, those were, those were, you know. Those were Star Wars games. Oh, but you're gonna finish this one, right? You're gonna get your sixty bucks worth out of it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fin- I'm gonna go through it and finish it. Absolutely. So, on a scale of one to Outer Worlds, uh, seven. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Good deal. All right. Well, uh, moving on from there, uh, we can talk real quick about uh, Frontier developments. There's not a lot of news news out of Frontier. So, uh, uh, once again, thanks to the Discord for pointing this out to me. Uh, we had earnings season over at Frontier. They're a publicly traded company in Great Britain, so uh, they're required to put out annual shareholder reports. Uh, my, underst- my understanding is the way they do that is they invite their uh, larger investors and institutional investors in for a bit of a preview before they release their publicly report annually. Uh, so uh, before October 30th, about a month ago now, uh, a uh, a nominee, I believe is the correct term, of one of the investors went in and got some of the uh, and saw the the inside scoop of of uh, their previous year's earnings, which were pretty pretty good, uh, and what they anticipate over the next year doing. Uh, one of the nuggets that came out of that was a uh, amongst the news of uh, Planet Zoo and Jurassic Park Evolution, and the sequel to that that's upcoming. Um, uh, we have a interview, we have a very brief uh, interview with David Braben uh, from Invested Jordy uh, is the gentleman's name. Uh, he says that the code base will be renewed via a paid expansion. So uh, this this year of bug fixing, where they're going to put the beta servers up uh, and, uh, and and do bug fixes, is apparently a direct. Uh, feed into the Elite 2020 release. So this is going. This is part of their strategy for. I think we mentioned this a month ago, two months ago, where uh, we were advocating for them cleaning house before they uh, invited all the new people into to play. So I, I think that uh, once again they're listening to us, which I think is great, and they're telling their investors that they're doing what the guard frequency says. Not in so many words. I mean, they don't come out and say it out loud. That would be gauche. But they are, they are. Uh, the, uh, I think making a smart move there uh, by by putting those two things together. I tell so, you, I, they, they, these game companies should hire us. Honestly, I mean, I don't know, I mean, but but really, why would they? Because we just sit here and give it away for free. Right. I mean, some RSUs would be nice. 
You know, maybe yeah. some yeah. options. Yeah. I mean, I'm, really, guys. My, you know, about. I mean, a little something for the effort. One of the things they did have, I went ahead and downloaded the financial, the uh, annual report from Frontier. I haven't gone through it all the way, but I did hit a couple of highlights. Um, one of them is that uh, David Braben is no longer, I don't know how long this has been the case, but he is no longer a majority shareholder, it doesn't look like. Uh, he still can, he sells the largest block at uh, uh, 36%. So he's still the largest single shareholder in Frontier. Um, but the one uh, right behind him, with less than 20% of his holdings, it looks like, or maybe, well, maybe a quarter of his holdings, uh, is Tencent Holdings. So it goes Braben, the Chinese, everybody else. Uh, so that's the world we live in these days. Uh, but uh, Oppenheimer Funds is in there, uh, and Lansdowne Partners, I don't know who they are, Swede Bank Rober. So, I know who Tencent is. Right. And, you know, they're, uh, we, we knew about this before, so it's not Oh, yeah, no big yeah news. it's not news. No big news. But every time you say that, it makes me think of 50 Cent. And, you know, so it, and I get this like a, I get this brief flash of why is a like a old like a, uh, a D list rapper invested in <laughs> space sims? I, well, I don't get it. Yeah. So yeah, if Fifty Cent's a D list rapper, these guys are a fifth of of, of Fifty Cent. <laughs> They're only ten cent. So this is like this, this is like H list. Yes, H list rappers. Yeah, these guys are J list rappers. Uh, so yeah, so they've uh, they've got the investor report out there. They're making money hand over fist. Apparently, they don't expect a lot from Elite Dangerous this next year. We've covered all this before, but they expect the uh, paid expansion uh, in the next in the upcoming financial year to be uh, uh, good one. Uh, so we'll see that still, uh, according to their annual report, still scheduled for uh, the end of 2020. Uh, but once again, their fiscal year runs May to May, so. If they're promising their investors will get the Elite Dangerous bump from the re-release, they have a six-month window in there to push this back. So realistically, I think with the way modern software development goes these days, they're saying the expansion is due out December 2020. Their recent track record with the carriers and and the, and the bug problems they've been having, I would expect there to be at least a delay of 90 days Maybe and they have a, they've got another ninety day cushion after that, and still they'll be able to hit their uh, twenty twenty fiscal year target and not be in trouble with their investors uh, if if that's the if they do that. So, wouldn't surprise me to see them push it back up to uh, six months into the the May twenty twenty period if they had uh, sorry May twenty twenty one period if they had to. Uh, but so we should, you know, just just be aware of that. And this that's total speculation on my part. They haven't announced that. There's nothing in the the interview or in the financial um, report that says that now. It's just that I'm looking at this, seeing that that's an option. I mean, of that window, the the release period that makes the most sense is Christmas, right? So yeah, next Christmas. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Christmas 2020 would make is the most sense. And that's what the current plan is apparently. So uh, pushing that back would come at a cost, and so they'll try to avoid that if possible. Which, again, following Frontier's you know usual operating choices, they won't tell us what the feature set of that will be until the last minute or close to the last minute. You know, fall 2020, because at that point they'll know what they can put in the expansion and what's not going to make it. So uh, you know, a delay would be if they have serious problems that are not resolved in this year of bug fixes that they can't make work. As I suspect they're having the problem with, with carriers. For something for some reason carriers aren't aren't working. 
So if they have similar problems getting the new experience to mesh with the current game, uh, they have they have a cushion. Is what I'm saying. Uh, but so far they seem to be on track. And and by the way, they're saying Planet Zoo is a great launch that they've that they're busting records for their sales. They were apparently number one on Steam. So Frontier as a company is doing doing rather well. Uh, so I there's there's every reason to suspect that whatever resources Elite does need to haul themselves over the finish line in 2020, they'll get it because uh, that's their that's their next scheduled revenue bump. You know that's the that's the sale package that they're counting on to get to help them meet their financial targets in that uh, late 2020 window. So I mostly I positive, pretty positive, I think. Mm-hmm. And finally, on this week's show, we'll talk about uh, a little bit of Star Citizen news. They're still gearing up for CitizenCon, so n- nothing terribly earth-shattering uh, happening now. Good strategy for the uh, ramp-up, I guess, is another dot-dot patch. So we've got 3.72 out on the PTU now, which help me, help me out here. I mean, this is we're a week before CitizenCon now, and they typically try to get a major release out for CitizenCon. You think in 3.8? I think they'll show 3.8, but I don't think they'll they'll have it out. Yeah, last time, I think last CitizenCon, it was playable at the con, but it wasn't shipped until a little while after. Yeah. Okay, so I guess our anticipation then is 3.8 will be December-ish. It'll be what they send out before Christmas probably then? Probably. They'll probably end up with at least avocados, you know, in mid-December or something like that. All right, so, uh, but 3.7.2 is out on the PTU now for everybody and will presumably be moved to live shortly thereafter. It's all bug fix stuff. You know, it's all dialogue trees and moving icons, nothing great. Right, it's just, you know, the the dot dot, just cleaning up stuff. Um, So the next uh, thing you do before you have a big marketing event is you uh, have buzz, have hype, Get your name out there on the Twitter spheres and the internets. Uh, so we had a interview with Chris Roberts in the New York Magazine Intelligencer website, which is a more or less a real thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've ragged on the Newsweek guy a little bit, uh, who at the time he published his first article had fewer Twitter followers than I do, and I do not have many Twitter followers at That's all. It's shameful. It is. Uh, if I felt shame about such things. It would be shameful. However, in hey, this I think topic, I got fewer I than do you do, care. Tony. So you probably do. Didn't you I, run I, for political office or something like that? Yeah, but I had a separate account for that. I, th- oh. I think that account has even fewer had even fewer than my, <laughs> <laughs> which tells you which tells you the popularity of a certain political party in the exact part of the world where I live in the very red state of Kansas. So mm. uh, yeah. So but but setting that aside, setting setting that setting social clout aside from that uh this is i think in my view after looking at the author of this piece and and the, ma- the magazine haha the the outlet uh this is a legit article and it so someone it, someone someone worked hard to get this hat to happen this is a very uh this is a good pr bit right there's uh, it, there's no scent of product placement coming off this really at all now the flip side of that is it's a very generic kind of article it's for a wider audience uh which is again probably the right idea you're trying to you know throw the dragnet out a little bit and hook people in that maybe haven't heard of star citizen so uh, 
the interview was nice. It was pretty generic. Uh, it, it covered a broad swath of what Star Citizen was. I, honestly, I tried to. St- I I started reading it, and it was so boring. I didn't finish reading it. How how's that for? I, I can't blame you, really, yeah, Jeff. I mean, I know. yeah, for for right? yeah, for any of us who've been following it, there wasn't much in the way of nothing earth shattering in were, there. There were a couple of tidbits that were interesting, in my opinion. So, for example, yes, do um, elaborate. One of the things he talked about was server meshing. You know how that's a new technology, and he pretty much confirms what you know we had we have discussed in the past, where um, the entire idea of instancing has been dropped from the game. And so and that is a technical issue. They haven't really addressed, you know, what happens in these corner cases still, even with server meshing. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it does sound like that's the, that's the meth, that's the path forward. There is no instancing planned for the game at this point. It's all, it's all about server meshing. You know, at this point, I don't even call it uh, server meshing. What I call it is, is resource allocation. And the idea is that as more and more demands on the service becomes increased, the resources allocated to that service also increase. Now you yeah, can call that sure. spinning up another server, but I, really that's not what you're doing. You're you're increasing. I, I think I think yeah, you're right. You're right, Jeff. I think I think a better when they when they say server meshing, they mean. Um, uh, it's a different level of, of scalability, like you're saying, you know, in terms of resource allocation, because in, in the past, the, the server architecture has been um, where the resources are static. Right. And, and right. it's typically typically a single machine or a typically like like two machines like you have or like three, like you have like a login cl- server, you have a database and you have like a gameplay server or something like that. Right. 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 And, and now these things are probably still there, but there is in number of them, right? So that if you have more people that are hitting on the same things, you you, you, you have more servers that are dedicated to uh, handling the database or, or whatever for a specific area. The boundaries are not the, the hardware abstraction layer anymore. The, the boundaries, there really isn't any boundaries. If you think that, well, you've heard of IBM Blue and, and the supercomputers and the multi-core Watson and all that, you know, the these supercomputers that are using they're just a big cluster of of hardware. Um, I think of more that's what they're trying to achieve here is that they're trying to make the uh, the hardware abstraction and the service that is using the hardware less uh, the a thinner veil a thinner. Uh, demarcation line or um, almost non-existent where the demands of the service say I need more and the um, host is saying here's more I got more I got plenty more here's more for you to use yeah 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 so I I think the um, but but he in the article he was confirming that this the server messing this, this dynamic resource allocation is taking the place of what they thought instancing would have to do um, for for them in terms of uh, uh, of how they 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 scale up to an MMO style number of users. The last line of that answer caught my attention, though. It said he said, "quote That definitely wasn't something people were talking about when I first pitched this in 2012." End quote. I mean, this resource allocation server meshing thing you guys have been mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, that particular conversation wasn't happening because that was a really long time ago. 
uh, so the tech wasn't, I guess, even in people's imagination yet. But the idea of having everybody on the same server certainly was. Yes. That was, was one of the selling points. Well, but he was thinking more of the Eve model where you where you you jump into an, uh, a realm or, or kind of like what WoW does too. When you change zones, you're changing actual servers. You're, you're, you're right. Beca- you're, you become part of that group of who was ever in that designated, you know, zone. traditional instancing. Right. Well, no, hold on. Hold on. It's more. So I, I would argue there, Jeff. It's so Eve is is a model of that. But Eve, you can put all those people in the server, and they just use time dilation, right? right. And he's more like the uh, uh, what's that that game? Um, Guild Wars. Guild right? Wars. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where if you jump into an area and there's too many people there, you spin up a new area. Yeah. That was the original Kickstarter idea for the game, right? right? Which was, and Guild Wars, you know, that model has been popular in a number of games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek Online does that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, a lot of but games. They're, they're going away from that and just saying, okay, instead, we're going to, you're going to jump in, but then the server gets smaller, right? And we figure it out from that perspective. So the number of, the number of people is geographically limited. Um, but you're you can handle a, uh, more people in a small area than would otherwise be possible um, because of the way we're we're, we're limiting resources. To, to give an idea there, I guess um, the way they draw some of these boundaries could be could be very small, like where you're you know in rooms or ships or things like that. So um, exactly how they end up doing that at the end of the day is a little fuzzy. Um, because you do end up with some limitations there. Fuzzy, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, I, it's fuzzy but, logic, um, and that's a real thing. Yeah, I, I, I liken it to like going into a hotel in a strange city. You wake up in the morning, you're in your hotel room, which is small. You could even have a party in your hotel room and invite fifty people there, but that could probably be one server. Sure. But then, but then the party's too big and it's bumping, so you gotta go to your buddy's room too. And so now there's two instances, but you don't experience the transition from your room to your buddy's room uh, on the screen, but the server hands you off to your buddy's room. And then the party gets bigger, so you got to take over the lobby, too. Right. So now there's three There's three things. You're all in the same hotel building, but it, it, you're still in three different servers, one, two, three. And then uh, it goes outside because everyone's getting arrested by the cops. So now you've got four places. You've got the street outside, you've got the lobby, and you've got the two party rooms. And then someone goes to jail so, I mean, but, you know, and you just spin up a new server every time you need to open up a new environment. You don't experience any transitions between them because the server hands you off right. supposedly seamlessly. But you are in different instances. But, you uh, know, then, 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 but again, they have never actually answered the question is what happens if everybody decides to go up on deck at once? If everybody wants into my room because that's where the best party is. Yeah, right. of course. Yeah, I, 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 somehow I think they will have to. There will have to be some sort of limit physically, like uh, on the size of the rooms they can have. Like I wouldn't expect to see a, a large number of grand ballrooms, right? Like whatever. I, see, pick, I, I pick just the biggest I train just station. agree with that because I I don't think really? that's the way our technology the technology is going to work. I I again think it's going to be a matter of of, of service versus resource demand. So you need you you need X number of petaflops to uh, process the floating point and you need the memory to drive that and uh, and today's technology you just you just increase those resources you're thinking of physical constraints well you run into draw limits eventually though jeff so like if we all all go up on deck 
And let's say the server can handle everyone being there on deck. Right. Right. You can't tell me to, you can't tell all the clients they have to be able to draw, you know, 5,000 avatars. Right. But, but if I'm in a big ballroom, I'm not, I don't see, uh, the, if I'm standing in the South, I don't see all the way into the North. I see, I see the res- I see the, the, the pixelated people that are surrounding me as I move I mean, everybody forward. has lods, right? I mean, you're going to have levels yeah. of detail and things like that. And there's tricks to doing it. But you still run into these corner cases where if I want to break the system, I can still break the system. Which is what everyone will try to do. I mean, the first thing people will try is to have a party at the hotel. They will see how many people can fit into the room and how many people can fit into the next room and how many people can fit into the lobby and how many people can go out to the paddy wagons in the street. I mean, that's Tess what they'll is try gonna to see do. How many auroras can they fly into one sun at one time? Right. And it's going to yep. be it's going to blacken the sky. And so uh, we'll find at that point whether, whether whether this instancing, whether, whether the server mesh and technology works. So one other thing he mentioned too was ray tracing. Again, I think that's kind of pie in the sky. Yeah, but that's uh, just a buzzword. I would be inter- I would be interested to know if they actually have any plans to do any of these uh, um, ray t- ray tracing uh, uh, special effects that games are doing nowadays in terms of enhanced reflections and stuff like that. You know, they might be doing that for the uh, for the Xbox One next enhanced release. Uh, th- that they might that might be you know the next generation consoles. Yeah, so. if it, if any console is going to have that, it would be it would be that one. I thought it was enhanced demise, but that's okay. No, I think I think enhanced release. Enhanced is release, yeah, or yeah, extended the, release, depending on. It on could who the be extended is. release, but I think enhanced release. The Xbox One Next enhanced release, which I think is should yes. be the next the the, yes. the name of the, their next uh, next generation console for Microsoft, definitely. Well, now they're all caught up on space sim news. Let's get caught up on the space news with Galactic Public Radio. GPR News is supported by a grant from the Foundation for the Advancement of Knowledge Entrepreneurs and by Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments, providing banking and insurance products to the ANSI system and beyond for over 100 years. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. The origin and destiny of the Golconda generation ship remain mysterious. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Spencer. Academics from across the bubble have flocked to the Golconda generation ship despite the active discouragement from local authorities and the complete disinterest from the Golcondans themselves. Only a few officials from the Upanicalist Merchant Marine have been permitted aboard to deliver supplies. One pilot who wished to remain anonymous told GPR, quote, The loading procedures were done at top speed. Hardly any comms chatter at all. Nobody on the Golconda entered the cargo bays before we left. I got the impression that they were scared stiff of us, end quote. Whether driven by fear or some other sinister motive, neither the security officials nor any of the hundreds of scientists have been able to figure out exactly where, or when, the Golcondans came from. 
Professor Elizabeth Perez, head of anthropology at Orion Independent University, told GPR, quote, There are no intact records of its launch, and the lack of archived blueprints suggests a privately funded colonization attempt. But there's no doubt this microcosm of 22nd century society will have diverged over the past thousand years. The inhabitants' language is entirely comprehensible, however, and their social structure is recognizable, end quote. Despite the limited contact, a hierarchical social structure typical of long-term voyages is evident. Speculation abounds that this order may prevent the Golcondans from easily integrating into society. This could become a problem because the antiviral medication delivered to the ship appears to have successfully mitigated the wasting kiss syndrome that plagued the Golconda. With the population on the mend, the Golcondan crew should have some time and energy to answer a few pointed questions about who they are and where they are from. From the Upanicles System for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Structural analysis of the exterior of the Golconda has shown that the ship is beginning to show the effects of being a thousand objective years old. While lack of historical and navigation records from the ship itself prevents an exact count of the ship's subjective age, the long years in the deep black have taken their toll. That is why both Imperial and Federal officials are announcing competing proposals to house the Golcondans when they are eventually leave their deteriorating ship. Imperial Senator Ava Cornelius told the media, quote, This remarkable thousand-year mission exemplifies humanity's indomitable spirit. We stand ready to help those colonists complete that mission by constructing a new planetary settlement exclusively for their use. There they will finally be able to enjoy solid ground in open skies, in a colony that thrives under imperial protection. End quote. Not to be outdone in offers of assistance, Federal Congressman Harlan Turk announced a competing program stating, quote, As the descendants of a generation ship launched from Seoul, we view these courageous travelers as honorary federal citizens. We therefore hold that they are entitled to remain a spacefaring commune as their ancestors wished, and intend to honor their traditional way of life with a orbital outpost to call their own. End quote. The two superpowers are expected to announce competing resource drives in the near future. Representative for the Alliance refused to comment on the proposal. Finally, in local news, officials from Saud Kruger have announced a settlement in the lawsuit over financing their artisanal hyperdrive mounting brackets. A spokesperson for the luxury manufacturer declined to discuss specifics pending court approval of the settlement, but did tell GPR the company, quote, wondered what the big deal was as it was only a few million credits. This fight was basically a rounding error in our budget, end quote. TBWI spokesperson Dan Newbody told GPR, quote, It's rather shocking that Saud Kruger has fallen so far in its commitment to genuine craftsmanship in its building. I mean, these are people that used to upholster their interiors with gold leather. Seriously, end quote. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night.
gonna save you today. Let's go. You wanna fly or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Roll this time. Roll a bargain check. All right, this one's gonna be worse. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Sir. Sergeant Bell said nobody comes out. Nobody goes in. Sergeant Bell said nobody goes yeah, in. No, sorry. You, know, you're right. you did say that. That's, that's all fine. fine and good, except the guy in there doesn't even know how to turn on his pad. And without me, I'm not. he's not going to be able to scan for anything. He's not going to be able to find anything. Come Sergeant with Bell, us. Stand right there. Come with us. Sergeant Check Bell, it out. Sergeant Bell said nobody's going. Sergeant Bell especially said I don't go in that room. She, she made that very clear that I don't go in that room. So you can't she follow me very, when I go in. No. She goes, Sir, but Sergeant, Sergeant, Bell, Sergeant Bell said, Sergeant, Sergeant I, Bell catch Johnson's eye and just kind of it's okay just leave it it's fine <laughs> so you're both in the room now both in the room all right <laughs> and you have a not a sergeant a private out there is probably wetting himself just a little bit <laughs> you, you can hear yeah he slacks I wet myself in solidarity with the soldier <laughs> <laughs> not really not really all right. all right. So he's he's following at least one of his orders he's not going in the room so all right you're both in the room all right so um you're the tech guy. Do you want to take a look at this first, or would you yeah, like to supervise let's take me? Take a look it? at it. All right. So me right. taking a look at it entails me rolling a what? No, you just you can walk up to it. Yeah, you know you know where it's at, right? Oh yeah, it's in the cargo of the uh, yeah. SRV. So I'm popping that open, yeah. taking a look at it. I'm gonna right. peer inside and say, "Hey, how's it going? Can it hear me and talk?" Uh oh, you didn't. Uh, you didn't. Uh, you weren't in the room. You weren't in the room when Ken Shadow activated it. Did he tell you how he got it to turn on? I th- I think I I think I was in communication with him from another place. Remember, he was in the, he, and I was, he was in the sensor room, and I was yeah. In the, we were all the, talking. No, no, yeah. no, you're in the other. Uh, but he did come. Actually, if I remember right, he did come back and say all I did was uh, go in the room and hit the top panel. So okay. you remember? You can. Re- I'll let you re- go ahead and remember that. Well, everybody kind of. I'm not going to turn it so, on. So hold on, hold on. I'm, everybody kind of helped hook it up to the power supply. So if, the, yeah. if you're talking about familiarity, the AI knows of the existence of Romulan Ale that he was on our side. Yeah, but but I mean, he's been kind of asleep since you guys stuck him in the SRV. But Romulan Ale knows that there's a there's a, the touch panel on the top because you guys came back. And said, yeah, I just came and hit the thing on the top. And OK, so but you know that you, you hit the panel on the top and it wakes it up. Uh, so knowing so that, you know. I'm not going to do that. I, I okay. want to check this thing for tracking. I'm not trying to turn it on. So I'm asking if it's okay. on. I'm not getting a response. I'd like to check and see if I've got any kind of radiation, whatever coming off radio, anything, subspace communication, anything that could be a tracking of any kind coming off of this box. So I want you to roll a uh, uh, the, the, the suggestion on the board is a systems check. And I like that. I like a systems check. Go and roll a systems check. Systems nine. With a roll of a nine, you are aware that a waveform scanner and an SRV is specifically designed to pick up radio transmissions, odd mineral signatures, all that kind of stuff. So, and it's just right around the corner inside the little bubble cockpit. Cool. So, so I'm going to do that. You know, fire that sucker up. Go ahead and roll a, uh, this time roll a, a science check because you're going to have to interpret these readings. And I got a 12, natural 10. I know all about it. I can read the binary code in the matrix, man. Yeah, you're 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 gonna. So you were just talking about how gems just show up as random things. I mean, you're 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 in that zone right now. And so as the waveform scanner hit uh, uh, pops up a little bit, it's kind of it's you're gonna have to. uh, uh, You as you turn it on, you realize that the 
Waveform scanner faces front, and the cargo pod's actually in the back. But you know, based on this, that you've got a good read on what's happening in front of you. So you know that as soon as you get the AI in front of you, that you'll be able to figure stuff out. Okay. Just so the sensor's in the wrong place. I'm looking at the sensor um, just because I'm looking at it, and I know about hiding gemstones. And since I have a sensor on, I'm going to look and see if anything looks like it's stashed in the ship. Uh, with a roll of natural 10, nothing pops out of you at this point. All right. So yeah, I guess sorry. I'm going to pop out and go tell, uh, is it Nev? Nev. Yep. Nev, um, we should pull that box out, put it in front so we can use the scanner. All right. All right. Uh, go ahead and both of you make athletics checks. I'm guessing it's heavy. It, I got it's a heavy six. And it's awkward. Got it's a heavy and it's awkward. Um, so with the roll of six and a four, uh, you, you wrestle it out of it, but you detach the power cable because it was connected to the generator, the portable generator. So you've got it out of there, but you've, detect, you've detached the power cable. Okay. Uh-oh. That's fine with me. I mean, we should put it in front of the SRV and see if there's any radiation coming off of it. If we've disabled whatever tracking by unplugging it inadvertently, that's just a good thing. Sorry, I've just realized I've got a karma skill, which I can use. Can I, can I use it? Um, it, it? Sure. I, I spend two karma points and I get a plus two to a nominated skill, which I nominated on my character sheet as athletics. So that'll okay. take it up to a six. I don't know if that'll help. Which... Which is still a fail, but I'm going to give you inspiration Dang. for thinking of it. <laughs> so for, for using the karma skill, you can have a chance to reroll the next time, which will be in, in a moment. So the power cable <laughs> comes off, but you've got the thing on the floor and out of the cargo tube. Now what do you want to do? Put it in front of the SRV and check out the scanner. Mm-hmm. All right. So the little little effort, not much. You, you guys, two, you know, two people, you two man it, drop it in front. Uh, Ale goes in, checks out the, the uh, waveform scanner. There are no extraneous uh, residual power sources, radiation, anything coming out. Things are rock, basically. Fantastic. At this point. So right. we should, uh, when when it had power supplied, it was still off. We should turn it on and see if that reading changes to see if it had emitted something before we unplugged it. Yep. Sounds okay. Good to me. All right. Roll me athletics check to get the uh, power, the portable generator out of there. I got a one, so I can't find the holes it goes into. <laughs> I recommend I another four. Ah, I recommend I I recommend that you get the uh, you go ahead and re-roll that one. Can I uh, roll Romulan inspiration? Now. Yes, yeah, and you can re-roll yours too by using up your inspiration. Son of a son of a bitch. Uh, can I one. use a karma <laughs> point and re-roll point as well? <laughs> go ahead, you re- yeah, it's a separate thing. Inspiration <laughs> Go ahead, Nev. Son of a son bitch. <laughs> okay, Tony, can I re-roll with a karma point also? <laughs> yes. Uh, no. No, no, you rolled a what did you roll? You roll a natural one too. Yes, yes, yeah. you can. Yeah, you roll yours. All of us get ones on this. This is crazy. This is fantastic. I love this. Uh, oh, oh natural ten. I picked it up with one hand oh, and gracefully oh. walked over. I threw the cable and it just hit the holes. Oh, so like well, I'm slipping on banana fuels for half an hour before that. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen, don't judge me. All right, so you've ruined my fun, but you uh, so with a natural one twice in a row, which would have been a three critical times between fail. Three the two of us. Yeah, three times with the roll of a natural ten. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. You managed to not destroy the generator uh, or the power cable, like bending the contacts. You hook, you drag the thing around there, plug it in. The the pat that you say you see like the standby lights kind of come on the the generator, and uh, Al wants to check the uh, the signature now. Yeah. So go ahead and go ahead and go and roll me another. Uh, what do we have you roll last time? The uh, science science check. Yeah, go and roll me another science check. I got another ten. 
Hey, there's your other natural tent. And yeah, so basically what you're seeing is normal power distribution. You don't see any kind of uh, uh, extraneous radio signals, anything else like that. And you know it's not connected to any networks because there's no wires plugging it in. Great. So, so I will not turn it cold. on. I'm going to leave it exactly as it is. Um, I'm not even okay. going to put it back in the cargo bay. I don't want to risk damaging it. I'm going to leave it like it is. Okay. I just want to ask right. Al quickly. Um, so you say this thing doesn't have a connection to any kind of network, so it can't get a message out? That was the point of the scanner, to make sure that it wasn't transmitting anything. We right. knew that it didn't have a wired connection because we haven't provided one. We assume it didn't have a wireless connection because it claimed it didn't. I don't particularly trust the AI or the colonel um, or you or the guards outside, pretty much That's anybody. Fair. So I'm going to be very, very cautious. I wanted to see if it was emitting something we didn't know about. That makes sense. So it's not worth switching on, seeing if there's any errors. I wouldn't switch it on because... Uh, one of the dangers of AI is that it can manipulate people. And one of the things that I'm concerned about is that, um, you know, it got to talking to the colonel who knows what it had him doing. Um, I think even turning it on and speaking to it's dangerous. AI is illegal for a reason. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly! So let's just be friendly! Some say his parrot flew away, leaving with only a pencil, a manta, and some paper to his name. And that ever since Polly's gone, he's moved on to ray tracing. But all he knows he's called the shiv and he'll put together so he's feedback. That's cute. That was a long walk. <laughs> That's a very long walk. It was a long walk, walk to get I to mean, that punchline. I got line. it. But we, we it got was, there. It's apropos. <laughs> I like the fact that he made it, you know, on topic. It, it was. It's very topical. Very, yeah, very topical. I give, him, I give him a solid, solid golf clap for that one. Anyway, a recap of last week's community questions. What are the super secret squirrel features CI is working on and not telling us about? And what mini games or entertainment would you want to see to pass the time in the deep black? Commander Blind is a Bat writes in and says, Number one, Star Citizen is to gaming what tantric sex is to lovemaking. The pleasure lies in the waiting. <laughs> and don't forget, he puts a sticky-outy tongue face at the end, which may imply things that... Yeah, I, I wasn't even... I, you know, sticky-outy tongue. That's not me, not that means. <laughs> it's... Let's not speculate. Let's, we should just move on. Number two. Has anybody given a thought about this regarding Elite Feet? Introducing a real character... As opposed to some ethereal presence in a spaceship as we are now, would mean that a player could actually die. And then number three, gotta go. I have a wyvern to skin. Keep up the good work. All right. Well, let us know how that wyvern skinning goes. But on on your on your second point there, uh, in fiction, there's the Remlock suit, and so it's supposed to be pretty effective at saving the commander's life. For some reason, it doesn't work on your NPC pilots, who automatically die if you get blown up while uh, while you have the, the, the pilot equipped. So, it doesn't it seem, there seems to be some inconsistencies there, but supposedly, uh, in fiction, you're just about unkillable thanks to that spiffy suit. So, that's, that's the, the fiction there. Although, I think the elite feat putting some meaning under your character generation, I think would be great. Uh, you know, and it would, it would, it would add a little more weight and credibility to the universe. Where chill writes in and says, thanks for the show regarding Tony, Henry and Jeff's overreaction to CI working on secret features. Well, I guess I've already said it. You're overreacting. 
The promise was an open game development, not 24-7 access to everything we're working on, access to the source code, live cams in each cubicle, the break room, and Chris's bedroom. I enjoy the surprises they deliver at CitizenCon, and holding off announcing a few things doesn't break the spirit of their promise of open development. Hashtag Tony, Jeff, and Henry are wrong. Wow. Wow. In other news, I booted up Star Citizen for the first time in months. It's a very beautiful game, but the load screens between planets, moons, whatever, take way too long. Right now, it feels like a walking around sim more than a space sim. Most of the flying I did consisted of pointing the ship at something, then doing dishes AFK until the ship got there. That was not a game that I was anticipating people were saying they wanted to play while waiting. Judge Werchell, if he wants to wash his digital dishes, he needs to be able to wash his digital dishes. And I, I, you know, on the rest of his comment, I haven't listened to last week's show. I apologize, but it is shocking, shocking that Tony would overreact to something. <laughs> I know. It's not on brand for me at all. Oh, really? At all. Really? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't consider what I said last week overreacting. I just pretty much. Jeff and I were on the, kind of the same page. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the idea behind a roadmap is that here are the features that we're working on. Here's when you should expect them. And if you have secret features, that defeats the purpose of a roadmap. Mm. I, I, if that's overreacting, I guess. But it, I just uh, – and, and, and honestly, the roadmap has been kind of irrelevant for a while as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, maybe it just cancels it, cancels it out. No. So Better watch we it. should just not talk about it mm. and then not have a show. I'm going to put you on double secret probation. You should. I, I anyway, I, I'm going to uh, – say Shiv's feedback here and, and and also echo it because I'm going to say, what loading screens? I think he means the quantum travel times. Oh. Though nowadays you can't go wash dishes because you can get interdicted at any point. So that's a, a dangerous way to yeah, lose your I'm ship. Still, uh, I'm still out on the whole interdiction thing. but It, does, it does break up those long QD times though. Right, yeah, but maybe I want to wash my digital death. dishes. You know, and and they actually put a, a toilet on the ships for a reason. You, you take in your your in-game magazine. You yeah. Go into your in-game toilet. You, yeah. you take a few minutes to catch up on the latest interview from Chris Roberts exactly. with the Intelligence Room magazine. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Silver Wolf from Chicago writes in. That's a new one. Ha ha. <laughs> well, as usual, lads, with Ken Shadow not on the show, the salt levels rose once more. Smiley face. Uh, look, I've also been a backer since the Kickstarter. Got my big old Connie physical package. I'm waiting for my goodies on. So I'm 100% behind the whole open development cycle. The peeking behind the curtain as this game comes to fruition is half the fun. Just half? Only half? Only half. But we also all knew things would change a bit once the outside investment came in. They are unfortunately answerable to some additional parties at this point. The new secret features may actually have something to do with Chris's disappearing act and why he's so heavily back on the tools. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping one of the new features is semi-procedural fauna. Trees and grass are all well and good, but it's just one big, empty, dead-looking landscape without some alien rabbit darting out from under a bush because you got too close. And let's actually hope the sandworms do become a thing. The spice must flow. Smiley face. We do know that they're already working on this stuff, and it's possible they've made some breakthroughs on that front, so we'll see. As the other two, maybe with the breakthroughs on OCS, they actually found a way to make a ship-to-ship and ship-to-station docking work. That would be pretty awesome. At the end of the day, 
CitizenCon is always the potential to be their big end-of-year fundraising drive, and with Squadron 42 getting closer and closer to crunch time, they're probably extremely cognizant of whatever deadlines are in place and want to make sure they've got the cash flow to hit them. And from a marketing perspective, they're probably also hoping to recapture a bit of the community hype in the final run to launch, because that will help drive sales above and beyond current backers. As to minigames, holographic space chess, that saves between rounds and is persistent. But I also think Henry was right, and that'd be really cool if we could just kind of leave the ship on autopilot for the 10 to 15 minutes between hops and wander the ship. Do little maintenance repair jobs on systems to help bump the performance of the ship. Maybe spin up long-range scanners and either do an active search for points of interest, or go passive and listen in for bursts of energy discharge, maybe combat activity, or other interesting transmissions. Could be a perfect little minigame that lets players find a black box distress beacon from some procedurally spawned wreck, which may or may not have some interesting treasure aboard. But beware, you might not be the only person who hears the distress beacon. That kind of stuff would be cool and a great way to add both depth of play and an interesting kill time minigame during quantum travel. You know, all these things are interesting, but it makes me think of, um, you know, how some of the ships nowadays are uh, people in, they talk about the, the in-game monetization of the ship. I mean, like how much, how much in-game money a ship can earn, right? And right. Uh, so like a cargo ship, you know, that's easy to calculate. You know, you're buying and selling stuff now, you know, miners and stuff like that. Have a lot of other active stuff. Same with like scavengers and, and, and things like that. But some of these ships with like, like scanners or, or other features in them, um, maybe a lot of the, you know, you have your, your money earning potential, but maybe there's all sorts of other money earning stuff you can do in transit that like a cargo ship wouldn't have, right? You know, like, like he's saying, uh, these scanning minigames could make you extra money that you wouldn't normally be able to get from just the, the hull itself. So that, that's an interesting take there. You know, you could do uh, a number of odd it, jobs it, like that. It's analogous to the, the scanning minigame in Elite Dangerous now. They've updated it. Um, you know, you can, you can just burn through a system. Maybe you take long enough to honk it, and then you get a basic planetary scan, which is worth a little bit of money. But if you're into it, you can spend five minutes, uh, point your ship around. Well, even five minutes if you're fast. Uh, a couple minutes, point your ship around and earn a lot more money. But you're still, especially but if you that, that's like an active thing you're doing instead of the traveling, though. I guess the... The point here is this Ish, is something yeah. you're doing while you're traveling, right? Uh, yeah, I, I we can we can debate the finer points because in Elite you do have to change course to the next star. It's not a constant thing. The game builds in a decision point for you. Sure. Do you want to stop and play yeah, the mini game? The, the, do you want to just go on? The, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, the the concept would be the same. At least in Star Citizen, it would be uh, you can do the dishes in real life. You can go into Jeff's toilet uh, on his ship with your digital magazine. Drop for a pod. Minutes, drop a pod or two, uh, and then, or you can, you know, uh, as as posited here, you could scan uh, for trouble. You know, you could look for trouble. It would be interesting. I mean, that that would be certainly one way to to break up the trip. Ken from Chicago writes in and says, "Communication one, a regular jump point to be revealed at CitizenCon with a Carrick, please." Community question two. Jeff is a genius. Robert Space Industries should have a mini have mini games to play when waiting during quantum travel on trains, etc. They already have several. Um, Hyper Vanguard Force Four, which is an arcade game on the website. Uh, no more spacers cho- choice on guard frequency. Shocking. 
clearly Outer Worlds benefited from the guard frequency bump. I would say so. If anyone understands human psychology, it's someone who has lived for a long time. To run a generation ship, you have to keep everyone on board until arrival or no one arrives. So if you run a generation ship, you discourage space exploration en route since that's a delay to your destination. If you crash, you encourage staying aboard, repair the ship, and fly to your destination eventually. You might even jam radios to keep anyone from leaving. Sorry, Henry, but playing historical videos uses energy the ship may need in emergencies. If you have the tech for a generation ship, you may have the tech to edit videos. Um, we've always fought Oceana. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, what is that? You just make to? new propaganda. Yeah, so the, the discussion was, sorry, side the little break here for context. We, we were discussing how uh, they wouldn't know the origins of their departure. Hmm. Uh, and the discussion was, well, of course they do. They just go punch it up on the computer. Ken's point is, that doesn't have to be the same. Right. A little deep fake technology and boom, you got a brand new origin story. Uh, Tony, we'd love to greet, greet you, but cough, cough, the plague, sorry. Oh, the plague. Uh, the argument for generation ships is simple. When children grow up, they leave home. True adulthood for humanity means leaving the nest. We're off to outer space. We're leaving Mother Earth to save the human race. <laughs> and if future generations can, can speed up flight, even better. Uh, Tony, let's see. This is this goes on, doesn't it? All right, here it yeah, yeah. He's, he's, Ken has many thoughts. Ken. He has many thoughts, and, and he's learned his lesson. He doesn't like pad them out with whole paragraphs. Now, you know, he just has just a lot of thoughts, and just boom, 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 boom down the line. Uh, Tony claims he thought SC had open development after complaining for months that the roadmap isn't updated and news is held back for CitizenCon. Two weeks prior to the same, nope. To wit, yesterday's ISC on the folks who make the tools to make SC, even money, he forgot it already. Uh, long story shorter, I felt more passion, more heart in Henry's two-word retort, including carriers, than Tony's mini-screed going oh. through the motions. Mini. Oh, mini. So sad. Full-on screed, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, on the other hand, Tony's complaint about the end of Galnet. That was sincere and heartfelt. They're doing better. I mean, they're, 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 they've, they've increased the pace of articles a little bit and narrowed it to a single topic. Well, the end That's... of Galnet hit Tony personally. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that it impacts his hours harder. per week he has to put into the... Uh... Yeah, made my job harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, it, and, I mean, it just it changed how we're going to have to how we had to do things. An inconvenience. Boy, I know I get passionate about that. Uh, but it, 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 they're, they're doing something new, and I, I can, can appreciate the necessity for, for such a change. And uh, I, I see a, a rational strategy for what they're doing. So even if I don't agree with it, I can understand it. Oh, sorry. And, and one thing to tack on from, from chat here that I felt was apropos is that uh, Ken, Ken also says that the toilets in the ships are for enhanced release. There, that's right. That's right. Uh, because future generations do need that, for sure. Um, so we've got uh, uh, a couple things in there. We, yeah, the discussion last week was about, uh, Henry was like, why we bother generation ships? We'll leave. It'll take a thousand years to get there, but they'll invent hyperdrive 200 years later, and they'll just beat you out, you know, just beat you to your destination. So you get there, and the planet's already occupied. So yeah, that could be a, that could be a problem. But Ken's saying we got to get out of here someday, and there's no guarantees. So, but there's no there's no guarantees that 
you know, won't be able to violate the laws of physics at all. You know, it's it's just statistical hogwash, right? Statistical, you know, well, statistical hogwash is all that is. Uh, but Are yeah, you trying so, to come so, up with more names for the show, Tony? Is that what you're <laughs> no, doing? No, we've already got the one. The one, and it's 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 next uh, next enhanced release. It is the next enhanced release. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, so all right. Thanks, Ken. Uh, good job. Greatly condensing your feedback to to uh, to manageable proportions. Really appreciate that here uh, on the on the guard feed. Alec Turner writes in. Says hi all, loving this show still, but with not much happening elite at the moment, I don't have much to add in hashtag show underscore feedback. Can I put in a shout out request though? There's a new Bucky Ball race called Lava Loop, which starts tomorrow, sixteenth uh, of November, and runs through the following Sunday, twenty fourth of November. It's a ship based time trial around a bunch of outposts that are in low orbit around some really stunning lava worlds for full details in the events sections in the forums. And then there's a forum link in which um, he links to Buckyball Racing. So <clears throat> please, it'll be in our show notes. So make sure well, well, if you're... Well, hold on. We haven't decided whether or not we're going to give this shout-out yet. What? I mean, he asked for the shout-out, but we haven't decided if we're going to give it yet or not. Since so, when have we not given a shout-out to Alec Turner? I'm just saying we should have some sort of formal record of decision. I mean, we don't want to just willy-nilly shout-out. I mean, that could cause chaos and destruction. So I think what we should do is have a vote. So all in favor of giving Alec Turner a shout-out, uh, say aye. 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 Okay. Uh, let the record reflect that that was a unanimous aye, except Kin Shadow was really lackadaisical about it. So it passes two and a half to no objections and one half abstention. I, I believe like, you read the URL not. on the on the air. All in favor of reading the URL on the air, say aye. Aye. All opposed, say nay. 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 Motion fails. One, four, and two against no abstentions. Reading URLs on the air. It's bad enough we read hashtags sometimes. That's about as yeah, that's I just much like of a compromise how long that URL is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, forum URLs are not exactly known for their efficiency. The forum URLs can just sort of like balloon to proportions unimagined. All right. This week's community questions. Is Google Stadia DOA? And will server meshing be the panacea everyone hopes it will be for modern MMOs? Otherwise, how is the show? Are we hiding bad news in our Reddit AMA? Or uh, should we run a conference setter in a 100-foot screen to show off our bad news? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 284 of Card Frequency. We'll be back with episode 285 on November 26th, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We want to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, formerly known as Ben Sanders, and of course, our audio architects, Mikey, Lennon, and Bill Hardy, and Wotherspoon. <gasps> thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Contact 330, Carol 15, Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard.
Learn about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps, and less time than it takes to... Yes, a blooper! Yes! Yes! It just doesn't read right. Remain mysteries. The origins of mystery and the destinies of mystery. They're both mysteries. There are two mysteries here. There's what happened... What's going to happen to yes, them? And the what, sen- where they Never mind. From. I'm not going to get into this. Maybe a sentence con- <laughs> construct. Well, you don't want to have a grammar argument? Come on. No, it's hilarious no, no. fun. Finally, in local news, officials from Saudkauer. <laughs> Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Yep. This is Tony. Feedback closing. Sync one. This is Jeff. Feedback and closing. Sync two. This is Ken Shadow. Feedback and closing synchronization number three. <laughs> you see, Jeff, I couldn't keep it up. I couldn't Jeff keep it hit up. That, Jeff hit that sweet spot where he was making fun of me for going too fast, but still doing the job. I mean, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff had it like just, just, just hit it, just right there. It was just, it was just a perfect shot. A nice bank shot off the off the rail into the pocket. It was beautiful. You, you drove the cue into the felt, ripping a gash down the expensive pool table. Flipped the ball off the table. The cue ball smashed a precious vase, shattering fragments everywhere. And you Tony, cut the dog. Tony, the dog Tony, cut itself on the fragments. Tony, no half measures, man. Man, I'm not going to half-ass this shit. I couldn't give it in my all. Right? He's got a milk I'm not going to cut you, Tony. I'm not going to cut you. I'm going to stab at your fucking heart. All right? I don't know. Is there like a... No, sorry. I, I could really go off the rails Let's there. So I'm not going to... I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. I'm not going to stab you, Tony, this time. All right. I'm going to cut you. All right.